0: Welcome to Big 5D TV, a show dedicated to news and insights for the African Middle East local digital ecosystem. Big 5D TV is brought to you by Big 5 Digital. This episode of Big 5D TV features an interview with Grant Greif. Grant's a Cape Town-based entrepreneur, and we talked to him about what it's like to be a business owner managing through the COVID crisis. He's the co-founder of a company called eHire, which basically hires out everything you need for a live event whether it's a wedding or a business conference. And he's also co-founder of a new company that emerged from the crisis called OpenRoute. He'll talk to us about both of those businesses and the whole process of managing through COVID. It's a great conversation, very candid, very personal, and we hope you enjoy it. Grant, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me talk. But kind of talk us a little bit through your, you know, your entrepreneurial journey just briefly and then just to give everybody a little frame of reference about you.
1: Um, so just on a summary side, so I actually studied to become a Chartered Accountant, um, called it the CASA here in South Africa. And um, while I was studying to become a CA, I, I started a business on the side within the hospitality industry, uh, hiring up waiters and bartenders, waitrons and bartenders. And that business grew while I was studying. And I eventually did my articles um, and, and, and finished and qualified as a chartered accountant in 2017, and joined my call it side hustle business as a, um, a full time then, and then we literally just grew that business and acquired an underlying hiring uh, business as well, and with that growth, it um, it really kept me busy, and yeah, then March hit uh, March 2020 hit, and everything just shut down from an you know events and hospitality point and unfortunately what what that led to was that the company that i founded in 2011 um, we actually um that's currently in the process of liquidation now so it really has been a, a a an intense extreme period as as you know for many other people as well um but we've really just tried to stick to the core and um i think for us my co-founder chase and i we, we then had to do something in March you know, to, to, to respond to this. And that was then the, led to us founding our, our company, OpenRoot. And that company uh, is a startup still, and it's in the logistics technology space. And ultimately what we do there is we help SMEs set up their logistics operations, which we know is extremely important now with <laughs> e-commerce and, and, and the traction and, uh, that's happening. Yeah.
0: Touchless, everything. Um, so before we get more into that, I'd like to dig into more what you went through with uh, eHire. Um, talk about where where was the business before COVID hit? I mean, what sort of plans? I know this may be a bit uh, bittersweet for you, but what sort of plans were you, what, what was the state of the business? What sort of plans were you making? What was your vision at the time before COVID came along and knocked all the well, dishes off the <laughs> table?
1: So when I moved full time into our business, you know, it was called a different name, and because it was purely into staffing. But then, of course, when we acquired a hiring company or hiring um, operation around products, so you know, think about it: furniture, cutlery, crockery, and all of that that goes with an event. And so, what happened though was we were investing for you know a ten year. It was a long year, a long term type of investment. So for the first two and a half years that we were in um in this call it serious side of the business we we invested a lot and 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 it wasn't for you know any short-term game gain, gains it was really about how do we set up the the best working environment for for our team which was completely diverse um from you know drivers to warehouse assistants to client liaisons to back office so you know there were there were a lot of components and a lot of factors to take into account and it, it's a it's a bittersweet one in terms of in February, the month before COVID hit, um, or the lockdown happened here in South Africa, we we had our best month in February. We um literally everything was working like clockwork. You know, the team, we had really just um formed a great culture within within the business and and, and, and everything was just working well and everyone was just working, you know, with the same tempo. And so when this happened, with with, with operating a, a business in such a high, de- which has such a high degree of operating leverage, high fixed costs, we we really just struggled to you know to maintain um, you know the operations while we were uh, while we had no revenue, and then it got to a point in the end of May where we had to make that decision based on what I forecasted for the next uh, eighteen months. And it didn't look good from, you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm not naive to, you know, to the realistic side of things. And for that next 18 months, especially with the big sporting events within uh, Cape Town, South Africa, that that we that we relied on as well. And that especially for 2021 now, it's not um, it's not going to happen again. They're not going to allow, you know, 20 to 50,000 people all in one bunch. Um, right. especially you know with with the severity of it so for us it it really has been um, a tough experience and most importantly for my team that that we've all all of us had to be uh, retrenched and but on a positive side we found employment for more than half of our team members and we will continue to do it because as as I shared with my team and they've been incredibly supportive this is you know this is not a transaction when you when you work with someone there's a relationship there and yeah, there's just, just a bigger picture to this, and and we need to do our best to 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 right. continually support them in a way that is possible.
0: Sounds like the you know it was a sort of a gradual realization for you that you couldn't carry on. Um, what did you do initially to try to sort of write the business, or at least f- pivot it, or make some effort to to you know reposition the business? Did, I assume you took a few swings at that. Just kind of describe that that process.
1: So, yeah, you're correct. in terms of you know from from the moment that we started seeing the the cancellations coming in, even before the the hard lockdown started, mm-hmm. we we literally then went into a massive cost drive and cancelled uh, service provider contracts, cancelled you know any 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 type of cost that we possibly could. And uh, myself and chase, we, we we immediately said to the team that going forward, we, we won't be taking a salary for the next three months just to just to try and do our best to also cover um, you know some of that 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 shortfall that we needed and 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 then you know we chatted with the banks we chatted with you know our finance um, for our vehicle financing um, and and we delayed payments so that also went well South Africa came out or the unemployment insurance fund came out with their their relief and I worked um, you know <laughs> many many hours to to deal with the the inefficiencies there but but managed to get you know um funding for the team or, or relief team but at the same time we we really were trying to trying to recover um and position ourselves so that when there was a bounce back but then when this persisted i think the 3 weeks and then when it just um was extended that really was the shock and i, I think a lot of people went caterers they went into you know, delivering food and so on, but that wasn't something that we could have done. Uh, we had no competence around that, and if we were to get into, say, you know, selling selling masks or something, the business was at a scale um, and at a size that it it was that wasn't going to you know save the day even even right. um, you know even materially there. So I think for us that was the the biggest thing is is just. W- we never had a team that could just work remotely it, you know, warehouse staff and, you know, drivers. So we got our drivers active, but fundamentally we didn't have the ability to just have everyone work remotely and and work right. on um, some sort of other virtual service.
0: But ultimately it was about the fact that there's just no, you, you, that business could, like you said, it would be a heck of a time to take up food as a business, <laughs> you know, food preparation, you know, in the, and, um, so you were sort of, you didn't have a real path out. I mean, for, in terms of finding a new customer base, you really had to, to get to the next point, you sort of had to, unfortunately, you know, walk, do this and then start a different business, find a different opportunity.
1: Well, I think, I think the, so, so from a proactive point, we, we realized that the current business model, or uh, well, the current business at hand couldn't operate within this lockdown environment, and it couldn't operate within these restricted, uh, you know, uh, parameters. So, so what Chase, my co-founder and I did is we founded very quickly in March when this was happening. We founded this company that re- that revolved around logistics technology, and the reason being is we said, well, where do we spend our time? Do we spend our time on something that that really doesn't have the ability to grow within this very very um you know pressured situation or um, or, or, or um kind of um community now and we realize we need to apply our time in, in an area where we know that there is a, a behavior change happening we know right. that we've got the competence and the skills to actually execute and so that's why we found that open root then is because we really could do that, and we had customers from from literally the first week that we started. So I think I think we we saw that as a, a opportunity to to kind of cover at least some of the costs while the, this lockdown was ha- uh, taking place. But we didn't. Um, this wasn't sustainable to go for this for this long. And um, and I think from our side, it was then just getting to that decision at the end of May where we said, Do you throw know good money after bad and, and and what is happening and from my forecast and my calculations this was and will still go on for up to 18 months so it's really going to yeah from the short so term, your assumption the was term, you,
0: that things weren't going to improve for 18 months that the you would yes, have to yeah if you couldn't survive 18 months there's no point in carrying on yes okay Fair enough. So, when you started the new business, and I'd like to hear more about it in a, in a moment, but when you started that, just to be clear, it was the assumption that you would operate this sort of in parallel while the other business sort of held on, presuming that that business would hang on and eventually recover. That was the initial assumption, and it later became one hundred percent. Yeah, different. Uh, that evolved to, to when it
1: was when the lockdown was extended. Yeah, yeah. for the third <laughs> time.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so your current, uh, your assumption hasn't changed that uh, were you were to keep e-hire alive in some way that it would still be an 18 month forecast.
1: uh, Still staying uh, from what we've seen in the data um, and, and, and from the existing companies in the industry that what we've seen is that it it still remains the same. It still remains extremely, um, you know, depressed the environment the economic activity around events. But, at the same time from an e-hire point of view we've we've still um, unfortunately held that um, separately the actual website online so we're actually going to keep that as an online only um, events directory slash portal to connect um, event hosts with um, trusted event providers including hiring businesses so i think we're trying to make the most of the brand that we had and um, and i think that it's going to be very interesting to see in the future because we 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 did believe that we built a um a very credible uh, brand and and i think that there's a lot of people out there that would benefit from connecting with with trusted verified and vetted uh event providers
0: so you mentioned something before which was behavior change which is kind of ring a bell because the i had i had a few conversations with uh you know thought leaders about what it means to be a uh to seek opportunities in in environments like this. And the key thing is to find a behavior change and then build a business around that, that you think is going to be a long-term permanent behavior change. And that behavior changes usually emerge from crises like this. So, so talk us through the, what you saw and what you decided, okay, this is our opportunity. Okay, great. So
1: I think, so on the, on that behavior change, what Chase and I discussed, the behavior change leads to a problem, I guess and 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 I think it's identifying what that problem is and and then what kind of solutions we can you know we can we can develop so so, so and, and in a commercial way so that we can solve that problem uh, and what we what we kind of honed in on was the fact that now a lot of a lot of um, um, smes small small to medium enterprises they're in a space now where there there is a influx of demand their their logistics capacity and logistics operation was not up to you know up to standards or at least to that capacity and so therefore it broke and and what we wanted to do then is from that problem that they're dealing with i.e not enough capacity to deal with the demand or not enough um not not enough em- not enough efficiencies to actually meet um, from a costing point of view as well we wanted to assist them and that's why we set up open to help fundamentally SMEs um, you know, set up their logistics operations. So kind of, I know that there's a huge thing happening around the world now with uh, cloud accountants moving SMEs online and they're right. the outsourced CFO. And we, we really just see ourselves as being now that outsourced um, logistics operator, whether it be for a setup point of view or a, rela- uh, you know, a continuous retain- retainer relationship.
0: Okay, and it's mostly around sort of the tech stack involved in uh, logistics?
1: Well, you know, as, as any startup, uh, we, we've, had many, we've had many iterations of, of, of when we first started in March of this year. And uh, how, how we originally did it was we used technology, we crowdsourced drivers uh, so that SMEs could get access to those drivers when and when they needed to, you know, reducing that capacity constraint. But then we quickly realized that we would rather or our time would be best spent kind of holding, holding an SME owner's hand through this process and then integrating existing providers, uh, you know, into okay. whatever the solution that, that we find is necessary for that particular SME. Because each of them actually have quite a, 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 a unique, um, you know, call it customized bespoke uh, problem within their specific neighborhood or, or type of business.
0: So you started out sort of as a an, an Uber-ish model, and then you move more into sort of that that uh, consulting, but in, in a right. scalable way because you're basically creating that integration layer for the small business that
1: really has and to. And then be- using what we call um a, a call it a um, a technology um toolkit yeah. where we we've been accredited by an Indian company that has a, an incredible travel management um software that we use and basically we're we the partner for South Africa and we're now able to add that, but then for someone that needs a crowdsourced application, we then partner with a, a actual crowdsourced specialist company and then help them set that up so that everything can be um, okay. integrated and run in line with their business operation
0: we yeah. have. Were you able to tap into your previous customer base in any meaningful way?
1: We're busy working with one of the caterers now for example that that's actually made a great and successful uh, food delivery business now so they need assistance now with their logistics operation and, and and now we're we're actually in discussions with them just to help them streamline it and use the right right tech tools you know to to, to execute on that so i think we've built a personal reputation around you know what we've done and how we innovated within the eventing space but it just—I it, think it just can go across industries um, if um, you know if, if we're in that space.
0: One qu- last question about your um, your new business. It just—it started up again, sort of responding to to need that emerged from the crisis. You seem like a guy who thinks more than three months ahead. Uh, you know, eighteen months, two years, five years. Where do you think this thing? You know, no more pandemic. People are back maybe not as before, that's another whole conversation, but, uh, you know, post-pandemic environment, as however you envision that to be, where, does this business still have a similar demand, uh, set of demand characteristics, or do you think the demands will change, and have you anticipated how the business will have to evolve uh, post-pandemic? I
1: think, yeah, and I think that's a great question. So so what what Chase and I discussed was the fact that this is still a startup and we've actually made the decision that he's going chases are more competent when it comes to this ability to you know integrate systems and and actually do 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 the actual hard yards when it comes to that we are more on the strategic the business development side of things so so i think what and and so what we've concluded and decided on is that chase is actually now taken over full-time and operationally um, as the md of the business And I've actually stepped out from an operational call it an executive side to more of a non-executive strategic role because the business is a startup and it can't afford the both of us, especially in these next, call it 12 months. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, so that's been quite also a big decision for us, but it's this decision that really allows the startup to have the ability to get through these crucial stages and, and where we see it going is, uh, Fundamentally, what we're doing within an SME is we're getting to know the, the, the operation of, an, of, of, a, of a business. And when you get to know the operation of a business, we can help with the logistics side. But I do foresee that there's an opportunity for us to then integrate that logistics into the internal systems, whether it be warehousing, sales, and so on. So just to assist with streamlining all those processes. So automation integrations between different platforms it doesn't just have to be you know focused on the logistics side so i think that for us is is possibly an, an avenue to you know to add better value or added value to to the existing customer base that we have now and and i think that this will continue i don't think that this this demand will will stop from from a sense that smes want to um, make their business run better and 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 i think that covid has has really given a shock to, to right. a lot of businesses that were complacent, and now there's a lot of businesses taking cloud seriously, the technology side and how to optimize their business that is, um, you know, a lot more um, stable. If any kind of shocks happen, unexpected shocks happen, um, like we see now.
0: I know you're an entrepreneur from day one. You know, and is it your view that you know this is something that you know this is go do the corporate thing or maybe join another startup that you're not a founder of or something like that um you know how hard a pill is that for you to swallow <laughs> to be honest yeah well, that's directly yeah
1: well it's interesting because i think that i i haven't set out to be a serial entrepreneur or i haven't set out to be an entrepreneur i've mm-hmm. i've really just been super energized by joining teams that really that, that really are focused and everyone is very aligned to a common or just cause that we you know that, that we've all agreed on or um, you know developed towards, and so I don't think it for me to to join another business or to not be an owner or you know a co-founder is I don't think that that is a concern for me. The the biggest thing is that I really just want to continue in this um, in this path of. Um, being being in an environment where you can really focus on building the, the best possible environment for a business to, to, to actually you know grow and, and and a team within it to, to be successful. You know, I, I even thinking back to the eventing side of things, I always shared with my team that it's this this business that we have is purely just a vehicle in which we can achieve um, you know, um an aligned purpose of what we all are um, working towards so the the vehicle is 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 the business but the people within it is the real you know the exciting um you know um fulfilling part of it um those relationships that you build so yeah. you know and, and fortunately i i shared you know I, i'm very open and transparent um you know what i share online and i um, on on linkedin especially and uh, i was super humbled by the amount of people that Connected with me after I shared that I'm gonna take you know a position elsewhere, and I'm just looking to you know join an exciting team. And fortunately, now actually today was was my first day joining a drone technology group. Oh, so which, you have something. Okay, uh,
0: okay. I'm I've, yeah. I've, I've maybe <laughs> a few days behind on your LinkedIn posts. So no, no, that's I haven't awesome. this yet. <laughs> I haven't actually shared this yet. Uh, <laughs> Well that's that's amazing. Um, anyway, thank you very much. This has been a, a really good conversation. And I really appreciate you coming on and being so so open with us. So thank you very much and best of luck. Thank to you
1: so much for having me. Thanks so much, Charles. See you
0: okay, take care.